The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We all know this phrase from the writings of St. Paul. But how about this lesser known phrase? What about this? When the flesh is willing, but human beings being human and being what they are seem to overcomplicate and mess things up. Anyone familiar with that one that I just made up? I am. But being Christian is, is about being very, very oversimplified. Being human, we are the ones that mess things up and like to overcomplicate things and get legalistic about things and make more trouble than we need to. Case in point, have you ever read the account of baptism for the traveling eunuch in the Acts of the Apostles with Philip? The eunuch, after having the scriptures interpreted to him for a short bit, says, There is some water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? And Philip goes over and baptizes the man immediately. Now, if that same eunuch walked into any Catholic church in America today and said, I have water here. What is to prevent me from being baptized? We would look at him like he was a crazy person and he would be told that he needs to wait until he goes to RCIA and that we will have to go through classes with him and take care of any annulments that he might need or other situations to be worked out and that maybe in about possibly the next year, he might be able to come into the church if everything works out. Now I'm not saying that these processes aren't needed because there does need to be a standard process so that we can assure people are getting the same education about the faith. But my point is this, that we have to have these classes and this rigid structure of education in place because we as humans, and I do this too, so I'm not saying that this is a bad thing, but we all seem to be set with a default setting of how can I make this the easiest that I can do it. Not that I'm going to do a bad job, but how can I be the most effective or most efficient in something so that I can spend the least amount of time? In a way, it's very smart of our population to do. But in the case of bringing people into the church, it complicates things. See, we want you to know the full depth and glory of the faith and everything that it involves because we want you to know how beautiful it is. But also, we want you to know how real it is and how much it affects your life here on earth, but also everything for eternity. So we want you to know what you're doing, lest you enter into something without knowing the full weight of the situation. But let me go further beyond joining the church and RCIA and give you more examples of how we as Christians overcomplicate things. How many, how many commandments did Moses leave us? Ten. It's not a trick question. He left ten. And they are umbrella concepts like do not kill. And then humans being humans, the Jewish people by the time Christ came had broken down those ten laws into over 600 rules that fell under those basic ten. Do you know how many commandments Jesus left us? One. He said last week, I give you a new commandment. Love one another. Now we as humans have screwed that up. 
and I have proof of it. This entire book is the code of canon law. It is the rule of the church. It is much more than 600 different rules. It is over 2,000 rules that just delineates and makes more clear Christ's one commandment to love one another. Because we as a church have had 2,000 years for humans to try and find loopholes and workarounds for the rules. And trust me when I say we only have rules in here as a response to things that people have tried to do. We don't have laws against things that people have never done. That's both true in civil and church law. But we have to break down that one commandment that the Lord gave us into a couple of thousand laws because people like to try the easiest, simplest solution and as many loopholes as we can. Jesus knew that people would be like this. First, because he created them. Second, because he watched us evolve through history. And thirdly, because he became one of us. And so he knows the human nature tendency to want things to be easy. And so in his wisdom, as the only Son of God, Jesus chose to leave us the Holy Spirit that he talks about in the Gospel today, so that we would have an advocate and guide to help us when we would need to make rules and judgment calls to figure out how to live in common with the rest of humanity. If we all did our best to follow the command, love one another, we would need no other rules. But people do not love wholeheartedly. We love imperfectly. We love selfishly. We love others mostly for what it can do for us. And when that answer is nothing, when we find a situation in which we feel we deserve better than what we are getting, or someone else has something better than what we have, or even that I just might be slightly inconvenienced for a moment and I get angry at another person. These are all failures in the command to love one another. But we know that we are not abandoned without any resource to help us to better ourselves against what our human nature may want. We are to overcome the natural desires for supernatural desires of virtue, which after leading a life of fostering virtue, we would be worthy of entrance into heaven. Jesus has left us the Holy Spirit. We have been sealed not only once at our baptism, but again also at our confirmation with the Spirit. We are human beings living with the Spirit of God inside of us. So my brothers and sisters, because of this, we live in hope. We live in hope, knowing that the Lord loves us so much that he involved the Holy Spirit with the creation of the world. Then he used that same spirit to guide all the Old Testament characters along the path of salvation. He then gave the spirits to the, the apostles in a direct way at Pentecost and directs them to pass on the spirits to all who ask for it. And that extends to us and the sacraments that we have all received. They are an extension of the ministry of Jesus Christ himself that we partake in. And as such... Our response to such a great gift is to turn back in worship to the Lord. Now, on to some sad news, well, depending on how you look at it. Um, as you may or may not have heard, I am being transferred. 
So the bishop has asked me to stand uh, or to go take the place of another priest in Charlottesville, Virginia, starting on July 1st. So I will be serving at Church of the Incarnation as the parochial vicar there. Um, so I will be with you only but a short time longer. Um, but this is the life of a priest of the Diocese of Richmond. We go where we are sent, and it is the Lord's will for us whenever the bishop commands us to do so. So just to give you a heads up, our time here is short.